This is Jason Cast. This is Scott Nearman. We are MP Local, where we want you to know that you are not alone. I tell you what, Scott, this business is not easy. It has its own unique challenges. This is not about bottom line only. This is not about profit only. We're about mission and changing communities in the nonprofit world. And that is why we started this podcast called NP Local. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to MP Local Podcast, where we are here for you. I'm Jason Cass. And I'm Scott Nearman. And always remember, with this podcast, you are not alone. Scott, here we are back, brother. Good to see you again. It's great to be together. We're excited. It's a, it's a new year by the time this uh, podcast it's is It's a great day to be together, but I'm not going to ever give you COVID, and you're not going to ever give me COVID, because we're not <laughs> in the same room, you know? That's, That's the true. Truth. It is the truth. I'm never going to have to blame you and you never blame me. For everybody out there, if you're when you're listening to this, you might be feeling sick. You might be anything. We've got a little bit of a increase in the RSV and the flu. And you know what? Sometimes this is that's the best time to listen to Jason Cass and Scott Nearman. <laughs> And there's nothing better, nothing better. So anyways, uh, welcome every one of you local listeners to the podcast. Scott, what are we going to talk about today, brother? Well, you know, we're just on the heels of my interview with Dr. Garland Vance. And Good one, by Garland the way. talked about busyness and and his yeah. book, Getting Unbusy. And so kind of continuing on this theme, you know, it's wintertime and folks may be a little tired. We're heading into the holidays as we record this, but folks listening, it's it's a new year. And so I want to talk about maybe something we all struggled with in 2022, which is just that pressed to feel busy and productive all the time, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We're catching up from the right. pandemic and this entire year, it seems like has been catching up. Duh. And so at the start of a new year, came across this article uh, about productivity. You've been excited about this. Burnout. One, right? You've been talking about this and excited about it. So I'm glad we're going to talk about it. And you told me something when you were wanting to talk about this, that kind of got me going is what'd you call it? The, the silent, what'd you call it? Quiet quitting. Quiet quitting. Tell tell the local listeners what that is. Well, you know, we all have this press, right? This pressure of, of being productive. If we're type A or we're in charge of an organization or the pressures of leadership may drive that from time to time. And mm-hmm. we've talked about burnout on recent episodes. And so quiet quitting is when someone doesn't participate in this great resignation, but rather they stay in the organization and they quit. They will do only the bare minimum of the job description. Um, they will, you know, absolutely not take on new tasks and new challenges. And to me, Jason, that's not being a leader. You know, there's books mm-hmm. about being a leader wherever you sit within the organization. And, you know, it's a real difficulty, I think, for managers to how how to engage an employee so that they are bought in and participating and and working with everyone else, but also not burning them out and not giving right. them so much to to burn out. And I struggle with this myself. That's everybody has absolutely everybody has everybody's. I mean, I don't care. I absolutely love my job. I feel like I don't even have a job. But I'd be lying to you if there were times in 2022 where I just didn't say, you know what, man. Sometimes I'm getting burnt out. You know, but I think yeah. it's recognizing those emotions, recognizing what's happening at that time that's making me feel that way, and either fixing it or avoiding it. You know, that's what right. that's what I did. But yeah, yeah. And the the first article from Evernote uh, is an author named uh, Brittany Naylor. That's just from October, and she says that 
that productivity burnout happens when you compare your worst to the biggest task on your to-do list. She goes along further and talks about productivity boundaries as uh, as one thing to address that. And so there's some good ideas here, but you know, I'd encourage our readers to read that. I'll put it our listeners to read that. I'll put it in the show notes. But, you know, sure. taking the pressure off of yourself for that productivity and that busyness as we talked about with Dr. Garland Vance, I think we need to to figure out what we do individually. But the next article, Jason, is really for managers. And that's where I think we should focus, right? Because engagement, if employees are properly engaged, that is the biggest thing an organization can do to avoid quiet quitting. Uh, and especially in the nonprofit sector, you know, we're about mission as our uh, lead into this podcast says, we're about mission and changing communities. And so right. uh, quiet quitting does not further the mission, uh, but nor does burnout. And pressuring your employees for that ever increasing productivity, do more with less. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the second article I have, uh, which will be in the show notes, is from the Center for Creative Leadership. Um, CCL, uh, for those of you not familiar, is based in North Carolina, but they were a worldwide executive coaching and leadership uh, and research organization. Okay. Uh, and is a fantastic entity that uh, I've been able to. You always uh, find these good places, briefly. Uh, Scott, you really, truly do. And I'm a reader, right? But you always find these nice little articles. Well, you know, I tend to read more articles than books. Uh, Dr. Vance's was an exception. <laughs> yeah, no, it makes but, sense. but CCL, you know, go out there to the website, ccl.org for white papers. And, uh, you know, you can order books, you can order things stuff. for your team. But this article talks about key areas of employee engagement. And I think the flow of this is just so uh, logical. Um, you know, they talk about the four areas, leadership engagement, which I do want to talk about in future episodes, specifically getting back to fundraising, mm-hmm. uh, job engagement, team engagement, and organizational engagement. And those factors drive the overall employee engagement and retention for that matter. So what would be a fa- what would be an example of leader engagement? Well, I think the first thing uh, according to this article is that frontline managers are leading at a number of levels within these organizations, but some of them lack critical leadership skills. Mm-hmm. Hence, you know, organizations like CCL exist, right? And so they suggest for managers, they have suggestions here for managers and for HR leaders. For managers, Those critical skills include self-awareness, as you just mentioned. They talk about coaching and knowing how to coach your employees, showing empathy in the workplace. Big one right there. We have an employee out as uh, as I speak right now, and, uh, you know, we're going to cover for her and we're going to wish her the best recovery. But it may be a four to six week time period. And so that's a stress on the team. It is. But as a manager, you know, you've got to show that empathy. This person can't help, you know, a, a necessary surgery. And then, you know, uh, something that I've certainly learned, Jason, in the last 10 years is how aspects of my identity or personality can affect leadership, right? Mm -hmm. So we all got our quirks. And so to recognize those, uh, Socrates said, know thyself. One of the most profound philosophical quotes is only two words, know thyself. And uh, so, you know, that self-awareness is huge. So the second uh, point here is job engagement. So job engagement is a little bit different, right? So your leader is engaged. And then how is each individual engaged with their job and and actually connected to the job purpose? So it says employees are more engaged when they feel their job matters. 
and they can connect their daily responsibilities to the goals and outcomes of the business of the organization. And when they're given flexibility and autonomy, and it, it talks about working remotely. One of the things I do with my business, Scott, is that I tell my employees that we are, I say this all the time, that we are building an empire. Okay. We're building yeah. an empire, an insurance empire. And I use it because I like, I like marketing terms. I like to get people like really engaged in what's going on. But I explain to them that when we look back at empires, when you look back at kingdoms, when you look back at things like that, there's only just a little castle in the middle that's got a moat around it. But it's the governors in their different territories that were increasing the civilization, providing better benefits, providing the infrastructure for success of the whole empire, right? And sometimes we have to think about like when a person says, well, I'm the king of this empire. Yeah, you're the king, but you're nothing without all the other things that are around you, right? Helping you build that empire. And so I try to explain that to my team. And I think that's what we're saying here because- when they feel as if they're building a piece of it, now they claim ownership to it. And that oh, is a yeah. different, that's a different employee. Well, and they're handsomely rewarded in the old days, right? That's right. Nope. <laughs> and, and the same is true in business today. Well said. I didn't think of that point. Yes, they are. That's right. That's right. That's right. Now, unfortunately, back then it was on the backs of of those right. that we in the nonprofit world look to help. So, right. you know, it's a, it's a good analogy and it sucks at the same time, Scott. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. But anyways, no, that's a but good how point. Do we... I, I think it's really important. And this number two point, this job engagement, you, they've got to feel as if they're just not a mouse in a wheel. They got to right. feel as if the success of this business is dependent upon them. Right. Right. Well, and you know, one of the things in, in the nonprofit, um, organization where I work that's just nobody likes it, right, is our right. database. <laughs> and our database is, for those in the business world, the CRM. It is our constituents, whether they're VIPs of the college, whether they are uh, donors, whether they're prospective donors, or in our case, some alumni. And so it's a huge database, 30,000 records or something. And to manage that, to manage it well, to oversee the user roles and responsibilities for what I need to see versus the database manager, what she needs to see and others, it's not fun. Scott, and got to write important. it down. Turn to your right, write it down. Database. We need to do a podcast on that, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's people listening to this right now saying, wow. I need to get a database. Wow, my database is old. Wow, I don't know what you're talking about, roles and engagement. And I don't even know the content that I'm supposed to put out. How many times do I touch them? What kind of content do I put out? Where am I putting it at? How am I getting it out, right? All those No questions. kidding. I love well, it. Well, and you you know that that's important for business too. But, mm -hmm. but, but the idea of managing that Whew. makes you feel like a cog in a wheel. Mm -hmm. You know, you're Input data, they say garbage in, garbage out, right? That's exactly you you right. input the data, you're cranking out some letters, you're you're generating reports. And so what I always try to focus on it with new employees is the fact that this database is the brain of the organization when none of us are there anymore. Mm -hmm. So that's how critical it is sure. to the mission. So you've got to take those things that feel like a hamster wheel and connect them to the mission. Correct. And, and you know other, what? And some people are okay with running on a hamster wheel and running on it okay. That's right. You got to find you the need person those that folks. Fit. You got to find the person that fits that. That's right. That's, That's part right. of this job engagement. That's right. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I think that is so important is uh, the delegating well and delegating more. And that's something I'll be working on in the new year. Um, you know, I've noticed areas where when I delegate well, 
man, things go pretty well. They may not be done exactly how I would have done them, but I don't have time to do them. And other areas when I don't delegate well, it ends up slowing us down. Scott, I have been on a mission this year and it started around the middle of the year when I really realized that I have virtual employees that work in our office out of the Philippines. And I have realized that the limitation that they have is what has been the limitation of my brain. And I literally have been creating videos and process and procedures for every one of them. Um, everybody, you need to go out there, check out Tango. I think it's tango.io, tango.com. It's something like that. Um, my, my CEO uses it and just showed it to me. And it's how you create processes and procedures. It records everything that you do. So let's say you're going to show somebody something on a computer. You go through and you show it to them. You hit the record button and you go through and show them every place they click and da 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 and then not only does it record it, but it also puts it in a transcript with all these screenshots. So a lot of times my VEs and my employees in the office say, Jason, I like the video, but it sometimes is easier if I'm finding one thing to have the transcript because I can go through and look for that real quick. Very cool. So, so check that out. But here's the thing I want to tell you. Uh, this is important, Scott. I'm thinking about writing a book on how to delegate and I'm going to delegate the book being written. I'm thinking about going and write, reading about eight to 10 books on delegation. That'd take me about three or four months. I love to read. And then taking those books and giving them to somebody else and having a conversation with them for about 10 hours and then having yeah. them read the books and then having them write the book and putting my name on it and sending it out. I think I can do it. I'm going to delegate a book being written on the topic of delegation. I think uh, I think that stuff's done all the time. It's called ghostwriters. <laughs> it's called ghostwriters, but ghostwriters sometimes <clears throat> will take. I want them to, to to take the information I have in my brain. So yeah. so I'm yeah. just going to stop here because I got this challenge. I'm meeting with my business coach, um, and and he's actually my personal coach as well. And he says to me, Jason, there's three things you can't delegate. Everything else in the world you can. And I said, really? He told me this in the summer, and this is what got me going. He said, you can't delegate your knowledge, you can't delegate your your uh, relationships, and you can't delegate your legal responsibilities. But everything else you can delegate in life, and don't think that you can't. Right? I yeah. can't have somebody be my be my <laughs> wife's husband. Right? I can't get in trouble and have somebody go serve time for me. Right? I can't know something and expect somebody else to. And that's where I decided, you know. I'm going to challenge that one. Maybe I can get my knowledge into somebody else's head. And that's just the kind of guy I am. But anyways, local listeners, sorry to get off the rails there, but I want you to know what Scott just said is important. Delegation is the key to life. It's got to be done today because there's too much that's being required of you. And the skill you need is not the skill that usually is needed to do the job. And it needs to be delegated. Yeah. All right. We're real big on this. Very. Scott, you and I need to talk more about this, dude, for 20. We need to make it like our theme for 2023, like delegation <laughs> in the MP local podcast. I'm telling you. Well, I think there could be a series there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. We got about five minutes before we got to we got to wrap up and keep this nugget going. Well, so that's an important piece, right? A job engagement is delegation. So that's good leadership. The other couple are team engagement and organizational engagement. And so for me, my team is is the key, right? This is this is what I focus on. The article says the success of any team often depends upon how well team members work together and how much they trust each other. Mm -hmm. uh, we've talked about on this podcast, the speed of trust. I think that's a Stephen Covey uh, or Sean Covey. 
And then how much they enjoy working together, how well they work together. We look for cultural fit in the interview. So not only trust, which, you know, you have to to give it and more of it can be earned, but you got to give it first. It's not a matter of someone has to constantly prove themselves. You choose to trust just like you tr- choose to love your spouse. And so you build that trust over time and it goes deeper. Avoid micromanaging in this job engagement. Um, and 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 here's what we're going to do. We're going to wrap this up here in about two minutes. We've got two more local listeners, which is team engagement and organizational engagement. And I want to come back to those in number two, because I also want to ask you some questions around this, Scott. I mean, I own an insurance agency that helps nonprofits, but you actually run and have ran many successfuls. And I would like to take some of these engagement things and ask you about questions at, that you may do at your office. I mean, pending private issues and stuff like that, but I know to ask you. So um, now there was something I say, oh, micromanaging. One guy told me one time, he said, Jason, how you don't micromanage is exactly how a farmer micromanages his cows. See, I love these wise people that I hang around. I I used to be a member of the Elks and I drink every day at five o'clock with a bunch of 80 year old guys when I was 25 and 26. True story. And I learned so much. He said a, cow, a a farmer needs the cow to stay on the premises. So he just gives him a fence, but he doesn't allow him to go outside the fence. But he also doesn't tell him, hey, you can't hang out on that side of the pasture and sometimes on this side of the pasture. If he didn't do that, he'd build another fence. But right. what he does is he builds that fence and he doesn't micromanage where that thing decides to eat, where that cow does. And that was his simplicity. Once again, America's kitchen, you learn smart, wise things like that. And I believe that I think about that when it comes to my employees. If I can create the fence and let them know where they're allowed to not go, then they know where they can go. And I don't need to micromanage them for it. You know? Right. And that's policies and procedures usually. That That is something that lacks a lot. And the new people coming into these nonprofits or any organization don't know how to create processes and procedures and they're scared to do it. And that's another thing that we could help them with. And we're going to have to on the next MP local, because I got to tell you, we got to stick to what we are. We're going to come back and we're going to continue on an engagement, though, with team engagement and organizational engagement. You guys are saying, like, why don't you guys just keep going? Because we're going to stick to our 20 minutes and we'll be back for another 20. So this has been MP Local Podcast, where we are here for you. I'm Jason Cass. And I'm Scott Nearman. And you're never alone. We're out.